Bottom line is Voice America Business. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host, and my guest this hour is Ralph Roberts, uh, who is a real estate agent, and he's the author of a new book called Protect Yourself from Real Estate and Mortgage Fraud, Preserving the American Dream of Home Ownership. Welcome to the show, Ralph sharing uh, with everybody. Absolutely. Well, let's just kind of give an overall view. First of all, let's, let's talk about your uh, background and, and your expertise in this area first. Give us a little bit on that first. Uh, in high school, I was a class clown, most likely not to succeed. Got into real estate about 30 years ago, right out of high school, and really took a liking to it, invested in it, um, uh, sell American Dream every single day, sold thousands of family homes, and invested myself. And then about... 2000, 2001, I started noticing this real estate and mortgage fraud thing eating away at the, you know, as a cancer of the American dream. So I started looking at it, investigating it, learning more about it, and started reporting about it. And uh, ultimately wrote the book with Rachel Dollar, Protect Yourself from Real Estate and Mortgage Fraud. How widespread is uh, mortgage and real estate fraud? And the average person wouldn't think this exists at all, actually. But how widespread is this? It's uh, in foreclosures. It's over eighty percent of all the foreclosed homes that I've looked at, and it's in the thousands, have uh, forms of mortgage fraud in them. As far as files that are at, uh, from the loan officers to the to the lenders, I would think it's north of sixty percent that has fraud. Anywhere from a small fraud for housing to the large stuff, which which is I'm majorly concerned about, is the fraud for profit and the flipping schemes. And, and why are the regulators not involved in, in, in trying to stop this? I think what's happened is we're all thinking it's a mortgage meltdown and it's the adjustable rate mortgages that are causing all this um, problem. Uh, the, I don't believe the board of directors or the people running the lenders, the securitizers of these po- uh, products, of these risky products that were credited on Wall Street and kept lowering down the guard because of the greed that they have for making money, taking advantage of the American uh, uh, population. So they don't want the truth to be known, and the truth is, uh, we don't have a we don't have a mortgage meltdown. We don't have a foreclosure problem. What we have is real estate and mortgage fraud problem, all the way to from the to the consumer, all the way into the lender's office, where people behind the scenes in the lender's offices are seeing fraud, and told by management, let's approve it anyways because we need to keep the doors open. Is this a relatively recent phenomenon, or has it been picking up speed uh, in the 2000s, or has this been around for a long time? You know, I think it's, it's uh, fraud has been around for a long time. In the 70s, there was a fraud that they were selling. The FHA program was used, and they would sell, in uh, the middle of the late 70s, they'd sell houses to people, dead people, who weren't alive. But the difference then and now is when they were selling a $100,000 house back in the 70s and doing fraud, the house was worth $100,000. Now they're doing the fraud on a, uh, a $200,000 house and doing a fraudulent transaction at 300000 or they're doing a, a $500,000 house and doing fraudulent transaction at a million. It's, where there's, it's just extreme. Uh, there's no, the value's not there when the lender ultimately forecloses on it. And then what made the greed even grow and grow and grow you have companies like E-Trade that invested billions of dollars in the mortgages. What did they know about mortgages? 
and then they take four and five hundred million dollars of hits on on their income, and they say they were investing in this product because it was giving great returns to their stockholders. Well, you need to do chicken and do chicken well, not you know start getting greedy to make money on stuff you don't know anything about. Is there a lot more uh, write downs and surprises to come in the mortgage business because of all this fraud? We haven't seen the biggest of the write downs yet. The write downs are wait to see the the first and second and third quarter of 2008. There's going to be write downs, write down, write downs. Uh, there are whistleblowers around the country that are getting fed up with what's happening all over that are starting to come forward, and you're going to see a lot of. A litigation. You're going to see a lot of uh, indictments. You're going to see a lot more companies. There's 200 lenders have closed up already, lenders and mortgage companies, and, it's, and that number is going to increase. Why aren't uh, consumer agencies and attorneys general and banking commissions and all the regulators? I can understand maybe why the lenders uh, would would not have an interest in exposing this, but the the regulators and the consumer groups, Acorn, all the people that are kind of overseeing this whole area, why have they not? Been seeing this? Well, I don't th- because it's been kind of hidden. What's been happening has been uh, truly hidden from truly what's happening. When people get involved in real estate and mortgage fraud as a consumer, they don't normally come public because they're embarrassed about what happened. You know, attorney generals across the country. I would send out letters to to all the attorney generals, not get replies back like well, we don't have that problem here or that's in the state next to us, and not to mention any states. This problem is in every county, in every village, in every city, in this country and other countries. This is an academic on home ownership, and if we don't do something extreme, it it possibly won't correct itself for a dozen years or more. Hmm. What is the main motive behind all this real estate fraud? Money. It's easier. It's easy to do it. What happened is we invented all the computers and all the software systems to speed things up, make things more effective, make more more profits on the bottom line. And we've completely taken the human side out of the industry. You take all the humans out of it that can feel, touch, smell, and, and, and look at things and try to do it all with a program. A, a computer can be manipulated uh, if you know how to manipulate it. And that's what's happening. They're using the desktop underwriting systems uh, to manipulate it. And it's a terrible thing. Example one, a mortgage company, a Quicken Loan, a good company, but they have a they have a, a person who bought sixteen houses. They approved. Their, they didn't use the system that exists. How did a borrower get sixteen houses that all of them went to foreclosure? They all were inflated values. They all were underwritten by Quicken's uh, own system and. Uh, they didn't use it. They they let the, the guards let down where the management's not watching what the troops are doing, and the troops are just letting things flow through. And the whole idea, let's do more, let's do more, let's do more. The mortgage and foreclosure and fraud epidemic that we have is like a heroin, a drug. I mean, currently the drug of choice in America is real estate and mortgage fraud because you can you do less jail time doing real estate and mortgage fraud than you would if you uh, were a drug dealer. Did you see all of this coming two and three years ago in, in the heyday of the real estate boom? You know, interesting you say that. I had back um, in like 2000, 2001, a couple private investigators were helping me, and they still do some work for me. But one was in here last week, and he said, Ralph, what if 
if everyone would have just listened to you years ago, years, you know, I, I kept trying to tell everybody. I wrote a letter to the president, wrote a letter to all the governors. I tried telling them that we had a, we had an epidemic getting ready to happen. You just can't do all these risky products. You know, and the loan officers blame it on the appraisers. The appraisers blame it on the realtors from all the pressure. And it goes back and forth. But truly what this is, this problem belongs to everybody in this country. This problem is going to cost every American woman, uh, man, child. It's going to cost every one of us a lot of money. And we need to put that money in and get this thing fixed quick so we still have a housing system that works for my kids, my grandkids, and everybody else's kids and grandkids. Tell me more about the impact of all this fraud on homeowners and neighborhoods and the whole country. Both now and what do you think is going to be happening in the future? Well, what's happening, we've got so much of it going on. You've got two and a half million... Did you hear my question? I don't know. It depends if we don't do something. You know, I think it's... uh, I think we might have lost Ralph. You know, I'm here. Oh, okay. I'm here. I don't know what... uh, Two and a half million families are going to lose their home over the next 12 months. From right now, two and a half million families. Now, that's just too many houses to put on the market. And and then these houses, to be able to sell, they have to be discounted. Well, the bad thing is you get a foreclosure in a neighborhood, uh, then you get two, and then you get three. And let's say you have a couple foreclosures on one street. They become abandoned. The grass is not cut. The, show, the snow's not shoveled. They they can get vagrants to go inside of them. They're 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 a risk. And imagine living on either side of an of an abandoned house. You know, a don't water house sitting out there in some neighborhood across the country is really bad for that neighborhood, for the schools, for the churches, for the safety. Uh, it's just it affects every single thing uh, in a community. And this is happening now. You're seeing in places where there are foreclosures, it kind of is a cancer that spreads to other houses quickly. Right, and there's no. It's it's not any certain price range of homes. It's not any. It's not blue collar, white collar. Uh, it's from affordable housing up into the multi million dollar houses in some of our richest neighborhoods in the country where this fraud is being uh, created. So even in a multi million dollar house uh, or community like that. Uh, what is the effect when there is a foreclosure in that kind of area? The, the same thing. See, in the multi-million dollar houses, you can the appraisers that are dishonest can manipulate the prices easier because they can use fake comps. They can pull from here and they can pull from there. I mean, we recently uh, had uh, this fraud a problem hit Hollywood. There is the top real estate company out there with top real estate brokers selling houses to the stars to the to the to the you know the five and ten and twenty million dollar houses for some reason the, these top brokers two of them have been indicted in Hollywood they decided to get involved in real estate and mortgage fraud now they're still innocent until proven guilty and I really believe in the justice system that you're innocent until proven guilty but they were they've already lost the civil case and then the government followed up with the criminal charges uh, following what was happening in the civil case and if if this stuff is even half true or 20% true, it's scary how bad this epidemic of real estate and mortgage fraud is. So in a case like that, they were selling the house for 
for a lot more than it was worth and getting them a mortgage for more than it was worth? What was the crime in that case, potentially? Well, the, yeah, the crime is they take a house that's worth a million, sell it for a million four, and everybody would split up the extra 400000 including the buyer, possibly the real estate people, the appraiser. So the extra four hundred grand is maybe spent between you know three to six people, but let's say it's four. That's a hundred grand for just being part of the scheme. And you know, money is a funny thing. Money is a funny drug. People will do a lot of things and hope they don't get caught. And you know, when they do get caught, there's a big price to pay. Um, which you know, we need to continue to have people pay that price. So in effect, you're saying they were taking kickbacks for. Part of the inflated price they were getting back themselves. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. It's called cash back at closing. It's called a kickback. There is no one thing for consumers to, for consumers who are listening to this. Is it is not legal to get cash back. You, there's no way to get cash back for furniture, cash back for uh, get a car, get landscaping, get a pool. All that is 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 inducements and uh, frauds. Very good. Well, this is really fascinating stuff. We're going to get into this in much more detail. Uh, my guest this hour is Ralph Roberts, who's done a new book called Protect Yourself from Real Estate and Mortgage Fraud. We'll be back after this. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You hear business show after business show all geared towards improving a company's bottom line. But what about your bottom line? How come no one ever talks about that? Finally, a show dedicated to the worker. The Crow Show with Paul McLaughlin, the work wonk. Heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific time, the Crow Show is aimed specifically at the worker and their environment. From work skills and technology to dealing with bosses and coworkers, the Crow Show will give you insight on how to survive and prosper in today's workplace. The Crow Show with Paul McLaughlin, the work wonk. Heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific time, right here on the bottom line of business talk, Voice America Business. Why is Pepsi cooler than Coke? Why are iPods so popular? In 2005, how can you launch a successful brand? Want to know? Learn about the fascinating and intriguing world of graphic design and branding on Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time, Debbie Millman will provide you with a provocative look into the stimulating world of design as it intersects with contemporary culture. Hear what the experts have to say about creating, maintaining, and launching a brand in today's challenging marketplace. Join us every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time for Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying, and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. Voice America Business. 
You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host, and my guest this hour is uh, Ralph Roberts, uh, who is a real estate agent. Uh, His new book is called Protect Yourself from Real Estate and Mortgage Fraud, Preserving the American Dream of Homeownership. Welcome back to the show, Ralph. Thanks you for having me. This is a lot of fun. All right. Well, now we're going to get into the specific kinds of fraud. Now we've got a sense of the dimension of the problem. Let's get into some of the specific frauds, the first one being inflated appraisals. Uh, Now, uh, what role does that play in mortgage fraud? And you'd think with today, with the housing market being so weak, that it would be kind of hard to to get away with an inflated appraisal. But you tell me what's happening out there. Yeah, what what the appraisers are saying is happening is that the mortgage, the loan officers are pushing them for value, and they're called like comp checks, which really shouldn't be happening. And some appraisers, you know, I fought values my whole 30 years in the industry, but maybe getting 2 or 3% adjustment in a price when you really, you know, see a value. Because an appraisal is an appraiser's opinion of that. And two appraisers should never have the exact same. It should be somewhat close because they follow the same principles. But appraiser can do all kinds of things. They can take pictures of the wrong house. They can take pictures of the wrong comps. We've seen appraiser, appraisal fraud uh, when the appraisers are participating in it where sometimes they adjust the figures on the comps, all the different stuff that goes in the appraisal, to get the value they're looking for on the subject property. Just making it up, you're saying? Just completely making it up. And, and sometimes they take the subject property and make that up to get the value they want. We've seen it done both ways. And some of the amazing things in the appraiser fraud arena is that a lot of the lenders started getting smart. They thought they would get what's called review appraisals. They would get another appraiser another third-party appraiser that would uh, check the value on it. Well, what would happen is the bad guys, and I call them the conductors, the guys sitting in the corners, the ones that used to be drug dealers or did something else before they got into this mortgage fraud arena, when you call, when you get an appraisal, you got to make an appointment to go see the house. So the bad guys will meet the second appraiser. They've already met the first appraiser, given that person an envelope full of 1000 or $2,000, or the, in the, then the second appraisal that's supposed to check the value be working for the lender, they, they meet that appraiser there and, 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 and give an envelope to that person, and money's an unbelievable thing. And you meet the second appraiser there and say, hey, here's a copy of our first appraisal for $2 million. Uh, we, you know, we, we hope you can hit this number, and here's something, something for you. Here's an envelope for your uh, extra hard work in this file for us. Has anybody and, ever been caught? I mean, this is just outright bribery. You're saying... All the appraisers are taking bribes, basically? Well, you know, it's a small handful, but, you know, a handful is doing lots of business. Appraisers doing, a dishonest appraiser doing, you know, say three to five, let's say, say four appraisals a day, 20, that's a thousand. And imagine if we have, you know, um, we have a hundred appraisers that are bad. Now that's a hundred thousand bad appraisals, uh, from the appraisal industry. That's just, you know, that's, uh, one piece of it, but the appraisers need to have no contact with the loan officer. They should not be able to be manipulated, and we should have the appraisers. There needs to be some solid laws on it. There needs to be a national appraisal database, which every appraisal is done is gone on. You need to be reviewed by other people that are in your industry and rate you on your on the success that you have and. 
you know what? I don't like Big Brother more than anyone else, but we've got to fix you know the appraisal piece and lots of other pieces that are a big problem in the real estate and mortgage fraud arena. So what is the impact when appraisals come in higher than the real value of the house? What is the impact of that on the but real estate actually, market? Here's the impact. If we, it's, it's robbing a bank. And the interesting thing is you were driving down the street somewhere in the U.S., anybody listening, you've seen a bank robber run out with a mask on or two of them. The Bonnie and Clyde of bank robberies running out. And you had your cell phone and you got to see their guns. You would call, you'd call the police. And the police would probably call the FBI and uh, they would do something about it. The same thing has got to happen in the appraisal arena. If we see appraisal fraud, we've got to call the authorities quick. We've got to stop it. First, you've got to be able to spot it. Then you've got to stop it. And then you've got to post it, which posting it is turning it in and making a complaint and doing what takes the right thing and um, stopping real estate and mortgage fraud. But a lot of people don't particularly have a, a, a incentive to do that. I mean, people like higher appraisals. It makes their value of their homes seem more valuable around them and so on. So there's not a lot of people with interest to do that, really, right? Well, that's true, but, you know, the consumer doesn't really know what their house is worth exactly. But if a loan officer overhears it or a title officer, the closing officer overhears this is happening, they should have a duty. As a, as a professional in the industry, you have a duty to do everything you can to stop this from eating away at the American, you know, dream of home ownership. And another area in appraisal is just the opposite. Uh, Kodak Corporation out in the East Coast, they hired an appraiser to do low values so they could go to the assessor and get their property taxes lowered. So there's appraisal fraud in both directions. depends what you're trying to do. Are you trying to lower your taxes or are you trying to, um, uh, you're trying to get cash back at closing? So you can see appraisal fraud going in both directions. Where people are trying to fight their assessment or people are trying to rip off the system and get cash back at closing through the inflated appraised value. And there's some builder bailouts. How does that work with uh, inflated appraisals as well? Well, the, what's the terrible, what's, what's been happening for a few years, the builders are really in trouble across the country, and, and they've got values. So instead of, you know, and they can't sell houses, and they don't know what to do. So all of a sudden this person comes and knocks on their door, and says, hey, I can help you. I got this specialized program. I can help you bail out of the situation. Well, this person will then create uh, a fraudulent transaction, an inflated appraisal, get what's called a straw buyer. And a straw buyer is somebody who has really good credit, really good verifications of information. And the team of real estate fraudsters are using this person to use as uh, a conduit to get to the cash because you've got to have good credit score and, and good information to be able to manipulate the system. The higher your credit score is, the more manipulation can be done and the less red flags that pop up and the more steps you have to go through, the better the fake buyer as a straw buyer uh, credit is. Hmm. Amazing stuff. Okay, the next um, uh, area of fraud, and again I'm speaking with the uh, Ralph Roberts, who's an expert in all areas of mortgage and real estate fraud, uh, talks about uh, doctoring loan applications. Uh, now, tell me what's been going on in that area. Well, doctoring loan applications is, um, I caught one of them is a NINA, no income, uh, no asset verification. And what happens is they get the consumers, the loan officers, mortgage professionals, get the consumer to sign blank documents. 
and then they will manipulate. It's going backwards into to the approval process. So they back in there and put in the numbers they need for assets, for income, so the loan will be approved. So what they're doing is they're doctoring the numbers. Years ago, they used to do a whiteout, where they would use whiteout to manipulate it. Now they're just having them do fake figures, no figures, and using their calculator to figure out what income they need to show so that they can um, get approved for the financing. So it's it's a doctoring or manipulation of uh, the figures and numbers so it would enhance the chance of getting an approval. So this is typically done by the lending or the loan officer who yep. has certain numbers he has to reach, and he wants to put the numbers in that make him reach that number, whether they're true or not. Yeah, exactly. It's ratios. And if they don't put fake numbers in, they're not going to get paid on the loan. So it's just, you know, so the more fraud a loan professional commits, the more income they're going to get paid. And I guess they don't care that these loans are going to blow up later, that these people are not, in fact, have these numbers and won't be able to make the payments. No, in fact, they're going to be gone by the time the loan blows up. But that's a good point you bring up, Jordan, because if we pay too much on success on the beginning, we should pay some of a half the income on success. So let's say a loan professional is getting $4,000 for the loan. Let's give them 2000 now and give them 2000 when the loan pays off. Let's escrow that, and if that loan goes bad, uh, they they got to repay that money. They don't get any more money. So they wouldn't like that very much at all. <laughs> they wouldn't like that. But, hey, if they're going to have to have recapture, uh, wouldn't it be better uh, to have a, uh, some sort of reserve there? And I think loan officers would think twice about doing it then. So with the loan applications, you hear a lot about no-doc loans or stated income loans. Is that when uh, just giving a license to the loan officer for putting in whatever they want? Well, in some degree it is, but here's what happened in the no-doc arena. They have no-doc at 100% financing, but you had to have a 750 score, which is your FICO score. Well, then, so Wall Street wanted to get more greedier and greedier, so they would get riskier and riskier. They lowered the score to 700. Then they lowered the FICO score to 680. Then they lowered it to 650. Then they lowered it to 625. Every time they brought the FICO score down for a 100% loan, they brought more people into the system, obviously, but they, they made it riskier. They made, you know, the lower your score is, the, that, that's kind of a, a gauge in how you pay your bills. So the lower your FICO score is, the less chance the lender has of getting paid back. But Wall Street was making so much money, they just wanted to keep the volume going. They wanted going to keep this. making the money because everybody was, different countries were buying our securitizations of mortgages, major corporations were buying them. And look what's happening now, where you have, you know, you have billions and billions of dollars of fallout. And it is, it is so bad. You know, some of the lenders on Wall Street, some Wall Street firms might not make it. I mean, I believe there's, and I've seen the, the possibilities of Wall Street firms that have committed so much fraud on securitization and their loans and knowing about fraud and letting it go through, they have basically put other companies at risk of going out of business because they pr produced a product that was fraudulent, packaged it up in a way that somebody would buy it, and that's what's happened. Of the loan applications out there, what percentage do you think might have done exactly what you're saying as far as putting fraudulent numbers on there? I think it's over 60% of all loans being taken right now in the country have some uh, port portion of fraud. So it's a humongous number, and I think 
some of the consumers are participate. Lots of the consumers are participating in it, and we've got to make some of those people pay so this quits. That's happening even today with with much tightened loan standards and a lot of mortgage lenders going out of business and so on, and the subprime market having dried up a lot. It has not even slowed down because there's been such a fallout of volume that people are doing more and more things to stay in business. It's just amazing. It really is. I don't think people have any clue. The general perception out there today would be the market's much tighter, there's a credit crunch, and it's hard to get loans, and there's very little fraud going on. All right, well, we're about to take a break. Uh, this, again, is Jordan Goodman, your host of The Money Answer Show, and my uh, guest here is uh, Ralph Roberts, uh, who is the author of Protect Yourself from Real Estate and Mortgage Fraud. We'll be back after this. The Bottom Line in Business, Voice America Business. Tune in every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time for The Growth Strategist with Aldana Ambler. On the show, Aldana and some of today's top business professionals will discuss some of today's most pressing business issues that hold you, the business owner, back. Aldana will also give you 21 ways to grow with her list of growth strategies. Grow smart, grow profit, and grow your business with Aldana Ambler and The Growth Strategist every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Bottom Line in Business Talk, Voice America Business. You hear business show after business show all geared towards improving a company's bottom line. But what about your bottom line? How come no one ever talks about that? Finally, a show dedicated to the worker. The Crow Show with Paul McLaughlin, the work wonk. Heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, the Crow Show is aimed specifically at the worker and their environment. From work skills and technology to dealing with bosses and coworkers, the Crow Show will give you insight on how to survive and prosper in today's workplace. The Crow Show with Paul McLaughlin, the work wonk. Heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line of business talk, Voice America Business. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Ralph Roberts, who's a real estate agent and author of a new book called Protect Yourself from Real Estate and Mortgage Fraud. Welcome back to the show, Ralph. Thank you, Jordan. Good to be back. Before we go on to the next uh, kind of uh, fraud, tell us about the website you have that uh, people can find out more information about you and your book. Yeah, the website is Flipping Frenzy, but another way to get there is I think Google is a great way to search things. So if you type in real estate fraud in Google and 
as three words and click it, you'll see about six, seven hundred thousand pages of information. You'll see flipping frenzy, real estate fraud, mortgage fraud, and flipping schemes uh, is the number one site. And I'd love you to go there and visit it. And if you want to post a comment, we'd sure like it. Uh, we're going to post something about being on this radio uh, program. Great. And let the world know. Absolutely. Okay, the next uh, one you talk about in Chapter 6 is cash back at closing schemes. So tell me what kind of, it sounds to me like just outright bribery, but tell me no, how these things they work. They don't call it bribery, but maybe maybe I'm going to start looking into your word here and that. But cash back at closing is a big-time problem. And this has, what's happened in cash, first of all, cash back at closing is wrong. It's, um, it's fraud and it shouldn't happen. But the reason the American consumer can be duped so easily on the cash back at closing, because you hear car dealers doing cash back at closing, credit card companies like Chase, cash back with your credit card. So cash back with furniture, cash back with this, cash back with vacations. So we've heard cash back so much, so much, we kind of, it's in our subconscious, it's cash back, it must be okay. But no one ever goes to a car dealer and buys a car and gets cash back. They say they give you a credit off of uh, whatever that number was. And credits are okay. It's just how they're promoting it. We've all been duped into thinking cash back at closing is fine. So here's how it works. They tell you, they, they have a seminar, and they get you all geeked up, and we take care of all the management, and you're going to make twenty-five to $50,000 uh, in the next, you know, 21 to 45 days. How's that sound to you? And these real estate gurus make you feel like so bad. Like if you don't do this, you're really going to be hurting your family. So you you fall for the scheme. You, you do it, and you get cash back at closing. You go on a vacation. You buy some new clothes. You you you, you do something nice for yourself, and then you're telling your friends, you're telling your family, and these. The manipulators of this real estate and mortgage fraud arena, they'll get you, then they want to get your family, they want to get the people you work with, they'll work your whole network, they'll work what I call your Rolodex, it could be your your address book, but they'll work that until they've got every person in your family and you're, and you're involved with this, and when they can't sell you any more loans and they've run out of everybody in your family, you're not going to hear about them anymore. So if they do 30 people in your family and do a million dollars in fraud with each person, they just did 30 million in fraud and someday you're going to read about it on the front page of a newspaper and people are going to be indicted. But so explain exactly what, who's getting the cash back, where does it come from? I don't think people are clear exactly how it's working. Okay, that, 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 that's a good idea. That's a great idea to clear this up. Cash back at closing goes to multiple different places. It can go to the borrower who's getting cash back at closing, which they shouldn't. It can go to the realtor getting cash back for helping put the deal together. It can go to some of it can go to the appraiser. Uh, It can go to a fake construction company that claims they're going to do remodeling. Uh, It can it can go all different places. The loan officer, the title rep from the title company, all different kinds of people share in the cash back at closing. But there's one person, the conductor, the main person that gets the lion's share of it. And to tell you about a case that we've worked on, um, a mortgage fraud case where a borrower, a straw borrower was used, and she was promised $50,000 in cash back. So she had a great credit score. She let them use her name. She went to the closing. They gave her a check for $50,000. The check bounced. 
And this lady, the person who was a straw buyer, did not know she was committing fraud. So she went to the police department and made a police report. Ultimately, the police called the FBI, and that whole thing has turned into a case, indictments, and people getting ready to plead guilty for what they did and how they participated in it. But this case got speeded up because a straw buyer who thought she was ripped off for 50000 found out that she was actually one of the ones that was participating. She became an unindicted co-conspirator, so she's not going to jail, but she's got a lot of stress in her life for participating uh, in the scheme. Okay, you're there, Ralph? I'm here. Okay, well, sorry about that. We just lost our connection there. Sorry about that. Anyway, we were talking about cash back uh, at the closing and exactly how the whole thing works. So sorry about that. Let's just get back to that. Okay, so uh, start. we're starting over? Uh, uh, well, I think we got the idea that the, the borrowers and the everybody are getting cash back. Where is this money coming from and how does that all work? Okay, great. So the, how, it, how it works is that the, the value is inflated over and above a number the seller is willing to accept. The seller participates by selling at a higher price and willing to let money be distributed uh, from the closing funds in all different directions. So the seller and participates in the cash back at closing schemes. But it takes about six people to do it. You have to have a bad appraiser, bad real estate agent, bad loan officer, bad closer, uh, bad appraiser, you know, a, a straw buyer, and a participating seller. If any one of those parties would say, hey, I'm not going to do this, I'm, and push back and say, hey, this is wrong, uh, it, it, it can't be illegal. It sounds too good to be true. It would stop this. But, but everybody does go along. You're saying <laughs> it's, everyone has to go along. Yeah, for it to work. If one player says, "Hey, I'm not participating," well, then the fraud stops right there. I mean, the fraud still occurred, but there's not not going to be a victim, and that's the sad thing. The victims of this, after the guys and gals that take cash, the millions and millions and tens of billions of dollars out of our sy- system and put it in islands and other countries or in safety deposit box, you know, we're just raping the, you know, the dream of home ownership here in our country. Wow. Okay. Let's move on to the next one, which is flipping properties to artificially inflate their value. How does that work? Well, flipping properties um, is where you take a property, you tie it up, you don't do anything to increase the value, and you sell it to somebody else at a higher price. If you buy a property... Uh, and tie it up for say one hundred and fifty thousand. It's worth that's what it's worth. It's worth one hundred and fifty or the appraisal, whichever's lower. If you go out and restructure a deal, say at uh, two hundred thousand, and you haven't improved the property, you haven't even bought the property. All you've done is tied the property up. You now seek to gain fifty thousand dollars. What's called like pass through profit. It's not legal. You can't do pass-through profits. The value is 150. What you paid for it, the next person should be getting it for 150. They shouldn't be getting it for 200,000. But because you're so good at manipulating the system, the appraisers, the title companies, the lawyers that close the deals, you can design a system that uh, allows the pass-through profits, which creates the illegal flipping activity. You to flip a property and make a profit. Legally, you must buy it, then at risk, improve the value, market it and sell it, and then that flipping is perfectly fine and okay. 
Amazing these things are going on. Yes, okay. The next one is the double sales scam. Uh, how does that one work? Uh, well, it's where they sell the property to more than one person. And there's what's called a gap in the title insurance. And we've seen them as sold to as many as five different people in the same time. Now, the double closing scam works where they take multiple buyers, one, two, three, four buyers, and sell the same house. And here's how they do that. Let's say you have an $800,000 house. If you lower the price to 400000 would it sell really fast? And the answer is, no matter where in the country, if you lower a price by 50%, it's going to sell very fast. Well, now you sell that same $800,000 house for the $400,000 figure, sell it four times, you've now sold the $800,000 house for 1600000 So it's, they do double closings, triple closing, quad closings um, on the same uh, exact property. And another part of the double closing scheme is we take a buyer, they get a buyer pre-approved, and get the buyer multiple properties real quick before it shows in their credit report. So you've got the buyer getting multiple houses in their name, but the second lender on the second house does not know about the first transaction. The third lender does not know about the first and the second. Because and it's it, done so quickly, you're saying. It just keeps happening so quickly. Yeah. They take the same same loan file, make multiple copies, get the person approved, as I mentioned earlier, the Quicken Loan Company has got one borrower that I've investigated did 16 closings with one borrower. I mean, that's a, the systems, all the tools to stop real estate mortgage fraud uh, currently uh, exist. But everybody can't agree to how to put them all into place and use them and protect the American dream of home ownership. So who suffers when you have a double or multiple uh, sales scam like that? Well, the scammers think, like there's Matt Cox and Rebecca Hawk, which are the Bonnie and Clyde of mortgage fraud. Uh, he, he would tell his women that helped him, and there were three separate women that helped him with his real estate and mortgage fraud across part of the country. And, and you can even actually look up the Bonnie and Clyde of real estate uh, uh, fraud, and there's some quite a great stories out there. Well, he would tell his, his, his partners in crime, the women that he would team up, that this is only hurting the insurance companies and only costing each American a few pennies, so we're not really hurting anybody. But it really is hurting a lot of people. It's affecting values in a major way, you're saying. Exactly. Okay, the next uh, one you have is builder bailouts and contractor cons. Uh, we have about a minute left. We'll, we'll finish after this uh, break, but just uh, briefly tell us how that works. Well, the contractor con is where they come in and say that they're going to do improvements to the house instead of calling cash back, they call it. They use a contractor to get the, try to get the money out of the transaction. It's the same thing as cash back at closing. It's just not supposed to happen, and and it's it's a it's a really uh, it's a really bad thing. And we've got contractors manipulating things, saying they're building stuff, doing sworn statements with the title company, taking the consumer's money, taking their loan proceeds, and just taking off down the street in their pickup truck and all their tools, and not ever showing back up to do the job. Incredible. <laughs> All right, well, clearly there's a lot of fraud that people are not aware of out there. Uh, and we'll be back. Uh, this, again, is Jordan Goodman, your host. And my uh, guest this hour is Ralph Roberts, author of a fascinating book, Protect Yourself from Real Estate and Mortgage Fraud. We'll be back after this. Bottom line in business, Voice America Business. 
Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying, and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. Achieve Total Wealth Management. Listen to Three-Dimensional Wealth with Rory Diefendorf every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 Eastern, right here on Voice America Business. Three-Dimensional Wealth is a show dedicated to teaching you a value-based approach to comprehensive wealth management through practical strategies and expert advice. Take your first step down the road to financial independence. Listen to Three-Dimensional Wealth with Rory Diefendorf Mondays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 Eastern, here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. Have you ever had a bad day and wish someone could come along and change it at the flip of a switch? Do you dream of living the life of wealth, great relationships, and the perfect job, but don't know where to start? Then tune into The Winner's Attitude with corporate trainers, motivators, authors, and hosts, Jeff and Val G. No difficult strategies or complicated keys. Jeff and Val present a powerful and effective technology to switch your operating system to create the most amazing life. It has been said that winners have simply formed the habit of doing amazing things. Know how to activate that switch, and so can you. The Winner's Attitude with Jeff and Val G. Broadcast each Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. The Winner's Attitude. Switch me on. The bottom line in business. Voice America Business. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is uh, Jordan Goodman, your host, and my guest this hour is Ralph Roberts, who's a uh, real estate agent in the Michigan area uh, and also the author of a new book called Protect Yourself from Real Estate and Mortgage Fraud. Welcome back to the show, Ralph. Jordan, thanks for having me back. Let's, let's, let's talk about Ponzi schemes and pyramid schemes, uh, floating funny money, and how does that how does that affect various real estate uh, transactions? Well, the, the Ponzi thing goes back to the 30s, where somebody would raise, you know, like Ponzi himself, and they named it. You know, how how'd you like to commit a crime and have it named after you? But anyway, what he did, he would bring other people in, say they were investing in stuff, and pay the old people with the new new scheme. So. That's happening here, too, where in the real estate and mortgage fraud arena, we have people that are selling investments. Well, they're, no, they're not really investments. They just package them up. They make them look like they have uh, real estate uh, involved, and then they have a seminar, do a lot of hype, and, and, and get people to come uh, and buy it. And when they start paying dividends or interest, they keep recruiting more people and bringing in more money and um, to to pay the previous people who invested in it previously. So let's say somebody invested uh, $100,000 and they got a 10% return. They got you know a, a $10,000 check or got 12% return, got $1,000 a month. So at the end of a year, they think they got 
112000 investment, or maybe they got 12000 in cash. So maybe they go and tell their friends and family, hey, instead of getting 4 or 5% in the bank, I'm getting 12% on this uh, real estate investment I'm doing with this company. Maybe you should consider that. Well, when they get uncovered, what happens is there's no more new, new funds coming in, so they have no way to pay the people that uh, put money in. So you have to keep attracting new money to keep the whole, the whole thing going. Yeah, and you, it collapses ultimately, you're exactly. saying. Exactly. You get that. If you raise a million this year in your scam, next year you're going to have to do two to, to stay in it. You have to keep growing it to be able to uh, sustain paying the people uh, in the past you know, that, that joined in earlier and were, were you know, the early investors. Uh, and then early investors, let's say they were in it for five years and they made a bunch of money. Once the authorities get involved and the courts get involved, most of the time the sad thing about it is people have to pay money back they got, which they thought was because everyone's treated equal, whether they were in the fraudulent scheme for a year or whether they were in this fraudulent scheme for five years. What a mess. <laughs> All righty. I want to get through as many of these as we can. Uh, the next one you have is lease option and land sale contracts. Yeah, we have people that are, uh, they, they come out, uh, on a lease option situation, they come out to you and they tell you that they are going to uh, help you save your house, give you a lease option to repurchase it. It's kind of tied into the foreclosure rescue scheme at the same time. And they really don't ever do anything. They they act, they pretend that they do and that they they get you in uh, this, this document and you're in foreclosure and you pay them 1500 a month for, you know, five months and all of a sudden the sheriff shows up and evicts you anyway and meantime you thought you saved your house through a sales contract or through a lease option and truly you didn't you just teamed up with the wrong person so you want to brick and mortar everybody brick and mortar the company that's what i mean by brick and mortar brick and mortar is google them you want to check out the brick and mortar by going to them and seeing them so they're actually there make sure they're actually there and then you want to make sure that you um Google their name, Google their company, Google their phone number, and make sure you know who you're dealing with. Yeah. Next one you have is something of similar phony is uh, stealing houses with tax deeds and phony deeds. How does that work? Well, what they come to you, they come to your house and they uh, have you sign papers, mortgage papers. And um, the mortgage papers, uh, you think you're saving your house, but you're not really saving your house. You're literally deeding your house over to somebody. You're deeding your house, um, to, you're giving them a quick claim. Like Mr. and Mrs. Edwards uh, in Royal Oak, Michigan, they thought they owed 9000 in back taxes on her house, house was free and clear, called up somebody, thought they were trying to save their house by getting a $10,000 loan. They ultimately paid the $500 a month payment, were paying back the 10000 and all of a sudden they're being evicted. Well, the guy came over, one of the blank documents they signed was a quick claim. This guy then uh, did a scam, sold it to someone else he knew, and took 140 some thousand dollars out of a free and clear property. And at the end of the day, we were able to fight, and the Edwards were able to buy their house back at a very high price, but the third-party lender who loaned the money was not a participant. They were just, they were just part of it. Do you, by the way, help people who are in these situations who've been scammed like this? Do you help them? You know, in the past we did, but with um, we, what we try to do now is we're working on national cases. We're not, uh, you know, we people send us stuff, and we can't. We met with 700 families 
over the last uh, 24 months. It's it's impossible to meet with everyone. It's a very sad thing. So we try to schedule conference calls, point them in the right direction. One thing about it, if you're in real, if you're in foreclosure, you do have options. Um, you know, you can send an email to Ralph Roberts at ralphroberts.com. Tell us the story. Give us as much timeline and information as you can, and we'll try to help you get it to the right place. What are some of the agencies that can help people who have been scammed like this or who are in the process of being scammed? Uh, you know, the prosecutor in your county, the FBI, um, depends how big it is, the police department, uh, some nonprofits. I mean, just do not take no for an answer. I mean, if you're, if you're having trouble with your lender, it might not seem like the right place, but you can literally talk to your lender. You, you know, lenders don't want all these houses back. Lenders are, are trying to do things to um, uh, make it better. Yeah. You, you then talk about foreclosure scams. Uh, what are some of the scams going on with foreclosure these days? Uh, in the foreclosure arena, we have people that come to your house while you're in foreclosure and, and you're you know at, in a really tough way to go. And you're in foreclosure, and you're um, you don't know what to do. So they're telling you they have all these things that they all these different systems, these proven systems that work. And they get as, they get as bad as praying with people about that this is the right thing to do, and they use the foreclosure stress that the the, the consumer has to um, to take advantage of them. Amazing, just amazing. You talk about mortgage elimination schemes. Uh, what are some of those? Yeah, there's a company, uh, the Dorian Group, that you can go on the Internet and look up some stuff about the Dorian Group. But the Dorian Group and other companies like them, they went around and developed a scheme, and like over 3,000 people uh, signed up uh, for it, where they would charge you a fee, and they would tell you that when uh, America borrowed money from England, they borrowed off everybody's Social Security number, so we're all entitled to a refund. So we can apply and we can eliminate your mortgage, we can eliminate your car note, eliminate your gas bill, your phone, your cell phone bill. And it's all a bunch of crap. <laughs> but they're, con- they're such good at conning, they talk people into falling for this. And people you know, get duped on it on a regular basis. Well, we haven't even gone through all of them, but we've had a, a good taste of all the amount of mortgage fraud and real estate fraud out there. I really thank you, uh, Ralph. It's been a fascinating uh, look. For people who want to get into this in more detail, uh, Ralph's book is called Protect Yourself from Real Estate and Mortgage Fraud. Uh, his book, again, his, his website is um, flippingfrenzy.com. Thanks so much for being on the show, Ralph. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard.